0: Hello and welcome back to Onto the Ball. This is a Monday night live stream after a terrific weekend's football. Not so much for me being a Liverpool fan, but I'm joined by Neil, Arsenal, Riley, and Travis, Man United, Morgan. Um, you two are a lot happier than me. Um, I've
1: been looking forward to this stream since the weekend, <laughs> I can't lie. Straight after the Liverpool game, I was ready for Monday, so.
0: Why wouldn't you? And I don't blame you. Neil, you (laughs) are literally the cat that's got the cream, compared to me anyway, top of the league. Arsenal 5-0. Is it a week? Yeah, it's a week after we got patterned up by Forrest. You smashed them 5-0. And it's just, it's heartbreaking from a Liverpool point of view.
2: Yeah, I don't really know what... um... I mean, it was like chalk and cheese. Um, I'm sure quite a few people saw the game. So, um, you know, I think I said in the podcast that I thought uh, Arsenal may be a bit leggy in the game from the Europa League match. Obviously, there was a disappointment. It was the first game, the PSV one, where actually we'd we'd look poor. We'd struggled for any control. Shots on target in the game We're a completely different side from minute one. Obviously, we scored very early on through Martinelli, but the pace was there, the intensity was there. We didn't want to let up. We were um, rampant. You know, we could have had, it could have been seven, eight, nine, and that's not even exaggeration. Uh, I think Jesus had as many shots as um, Forrest had themselves. He could have got himself a hat trick. Um, it was just exciting stuff to watch. And if, you know, we're comparing it to what Scotty's saying about a different weekend of Liverpool, it was almost. Um, you know, a flip-reverse of where Liverpool were two years ago. It was like the red arrows. It was wave after wave of attack. Um, but the difference from the game, obviously, we did the live, Scotty, you know, Trav came in second half, but we did the live of the Liverpool game. And I know some people have been, there's been a lot on Twitter and uh, Instagram about, our oh, Nunes has got, you know, more goals than, you know, Jesus. Pulling in all kinds of competitions, that means he's a better player. But if you look at the difference between the two players and the impact they had on the game, the difference between Jesus and Nunez is chalk and cheese. Come on,
0: come on.
2: Honestly, it's chalk and it's chalk and cheese. And that kind of um,
0: don't forget, Nunez didn't play against Nottingham Forest, and I did say if he'd have played not only would we have not got beat, I think we would have won.
2: Mm. Um, Yeah, and it's similar. And then you said you're excited because you started against Leeds, but we'll get on to that. (laughs) Um, Yeah, but in all fairness, you know, I did have a bit of worry going into this game because, like I said, there's been a core of eight players that have played every game for Arsenal this season, Europa League or not. And there has been a dip in form from a couple of those, Odegaard being one. Um, But they were all on it from minute one yesterday. It was almost like the PSV result was a bit of a wake-up call and, hey, actually, you know, we've got a few games into the World Cup. And, you know, I think there are a couple of players there that are potentially maybe not going to the World Cup. Um, if you look at our three Brazilians, the three Gabbies, they're on the fringe of the squad. So really, the intensity from them isn't to switch off because they've got a place on the plane. Um, and that kind of gets infectious for the rest of the team. Does she,
0: Jesus not get into the squad then? Is that what you said on the last stream?
2: Yeah, on the last three he, yeah, he didn't get in. None of the 3 Gabbies got into the last squad. You know, there was a little bit of, I think it was a bit tongue-in-cheek from some Arsenal fans that Edu's had a word and tried to keep them fresh. But before Richarlison got his injury, it looked like he definitely wasn't going to the World Cup. Richarlison was getting the nod ahead of him. But if you look at the front line of Brazil, I mean, as good as that, you know, I rate Jesus highly, but as good as he is, you know, there's a chance that there's going to be someone quality missing out on that Brazil squad. Um that only bodes well for Arsenal in the respect of you really got to put a shift in some performance in over the next few games to get in the squad. Um but he was exceptional yesterday. He was unbelievable, even without scoring, uh just the intensity he brought to the, the game, the pitch. Um did he not score? Put, he didn't score, no.
0: I I only it, tuned in for the second half, um and obviously that was when all of the goals he another,
2: yeah, he got another but, assist to his name. he you know what? It looked like yesterday as I was watching the game. You know when you've got a player who you know's gonna score but they're gone through a little dip in form and they're trying a bit too much and everything yeah. just kinda of didn't go for him. There was a little there was a little attempt at the back post that was like Gaza ninety six where he's just missed out on it. There was a little a lot of those moments, trying a little too hard, a little ricochet coming off the defender. Um that's
0: because Nunes is putting the pressure on him now, isn't
2: it? Well yeah. Scoring every game. <laughs>
1: I don't think it's that, Scotty.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Arsenal were, yeah. Arsenal were electric. They surprised me. I thought um, we'd have a bit of a lull in the game, but it was, you know, it was non non stop
1: wave after wave of attack. Yeah, like it was like watching did, it an it old Arsenal Did
0: you did you watch it, Trav? The Arsenal. I didn't
1: watch the game, no, I watched the highlights, but again, what we mentioned was it was a game where Forrest had to start well. I think there's two two ways of Um, trying to play against Arsenal. You've either got to have a really deep, low block and allow allow no space and no gaps, especially with space in behind, or you've just got to press like mad and get in the faces and make the game really aggressive. I think when they came to Old Trafford, we sort of didn't let them settle and get into a rhythm. Although they did have a period in the game where Arsenal did get on top in terms of possession, we sort of sat really deep and didn't give them any space and we hit them on the counter-attack. Purposely, we changed the tactics during that game. And I think for Nottingham Forest, they sort of were in between both. I think they gave Arsenal quite a bit of room early on. You just can't give players of that quality like Odegaard, Martinelli and stuff like that. Martinelli is a whippet. He's just incredible. The way he attacks space and he's so direct. Like, I've been crying out for a wide player like that at Man United. We've got all those players that like to come inside and link with people like your Sancho's and stuff. But I think Anthony's the closest we've got in our squad to that. Um, I just think what Martinelli gives Arsenal is just such a different option compared to everything else that they've got. Even when they had Pepe, they had um, the likes of Saka and stuff. He's just totally different. He just gets the ball and all he's looking to do is hurt you. And it's no surprise that he's sort of getting in those positions um, goal-scoring positions because he just wants to attack the box all the time and and it was a great start for Arsenal once they went 1-0 up there was just no turning back from there and I just thought And What, what he's added to, to his goal. game
2: this year that he didn't have um, last year is he's, he's adding goals and a threat so he's, he was always a danger getting in behind his end product wasn't you know always the best last year um, yeah. and that's something that he's added to his game either goals or assists or creating chances Um and I think that's where he's taking it to the next level. And that's what makes a real difference. I mean, for Arsenal, again, Thomas Partey yesterday, just, you know, he's so, so good on the ball. He just dominates the midfield. He's in engine room. He did the same against Liverpool, did the same against Tottenham. When he plays, you know, Arsenal really tick. And when he doesn't play, you can see the difference. And I know I was talking about it in the last podcast. It's almost like he's one that we need to wrap in cotton wool and just make sure that he's only... We're managing his fitness because he's had a, you know, some injury worries since he's, mm. you know, joined the Prem. I don't know if the Prem was a little bit too fast for him to begin with, and he's picked up some, uh, knocks along the way. His muscles weren't quite ready, but we're starting to see the player now that was at Atlético Madrid.
0: Well, he's uh, young anyway, isn't he? He's only not long, 10, 21, just looking now. Who's
2: that Martinelli. Martinelli,
1: yeah. Yeah, both he's him, exactly of strength. I think Arsenal. I think. That's the big thing for Arsenal as well, goals from midfield. I think the two names that have stood out for me going way back for Arsenal have been Theo Walker and Aaron Ramsey. They were the people that used to chip in from midfield for Arsenal quite a lot and sort of like supplement what the strikers weren't offering. But now I think if you look at Arsenal's goal threats from midfield, they've got quite a number of them. If they can all stay fit, Saka, Martinelli, Odegaard, they all are starting to score between... Five to twelve goals,
2: for Don't forget, what? don't forget, Jacques, Trav. Listen,
1: oh, I know. I, know. I forgot Jaka. He's up there now. He's he was wonderful.
2: instrumental again yesterday. He was breaking forward. He was involved in. He was involved in the goals again yesterday. Another man of the match performance. You know. I'm waiting. Good. I'm
0: waiting for my chance to talk. Remember, yes. remember, Neil's legendary text in the groupie. Trav. Go on. What did he say? Odegaard, party, and Jaka. Are not yeah. giving you goals from midfield. <laughs> so, I look a bit flat. Since he posted that, they've not stopped talking.
2: Listen, to be honest, uh, sorry, they obviously no, got, they obviously got, got st- around London Colney, didn't they? they uh, yeah, talk,
0: talk me through Partey's goal and Odegaard's goal. And oh. Xhaka is your top scorer this season, isn't he?
2: Partey's goal was, that obviously, if you saw the goal against Tottenham, where the ball had just got laid off by Ben White and he'd hit it first time, 25, 30 out yards out, bent it from out to in. It was better than that goal. I felt, similar. ball yeah, just got yeah. laid off to him and he's just clipped it first time out to in. I felt
0: jealous. In. I got to admit, I felt jealous. I watched that and I thought, Henderson ain't doing that. Elliot ain't doing that. Thiago ain't doing that. Fabinho ain't doing that. I was so jealous. But mm. it was a fantastic finish. Let me just head into the comments, lads. Um football for era. how you doing my friend Jose just had dinner after the Roma game ready to listen to the king the goat and magic <laughs> let's do this <laughs> Jesus I've been miles better than Nunes this season yeah it's a bit of a given I suppose Nunes has been so stop start coming from someone who likes Nunes Jesus work rate is unreal so important for Arsenal but a lot of people do not realize that you're right, as Neil just said, he didn't score yesterday. But when I watched the second half, I can't believe he didn't score. It was His name was every two minutes, Jesus, Jesus. Martinelli will not be called for Brazil for sure, 100%, unless they have a last-minute group of injuries. Martinelli's having a great season, deserves a call, but there's too many quality in front of him.
1: Martinelli's Brazilian. He's got Brazilian. plenty of World Cup ahead of him. He's still very young as well. Like, like you said, the likes of Neymar, Richarlison, Rafinha... Yeah. Um, Firmino, you name it they've got a lot of options so I think that that's the thing when, you, when you're when you making up an international squad it's not always necessarily the best players that get picked in the 23 you've got to have a balanced squad you've got to think about cover for positions of players that you're starting so there's literally no point in taking 10 forwards you can only play 3 of them And and unfortunately with countries like Brazil, France, they've got top individuals all over the pitch some players unfortunately do have to miss out Um, I mean, I
2: think it'll be good for Arsenal because the way he plays, you know, Travis alluded to it earlier, the intensity he plays with every game. It'll be good for Arsenal if he's got a month off, you know, he could sit, rest, go to the Dubai warm weather training, you know, recoup, you know, work a little bit tactically and then come back in, you know, uh, boxing day ready for for January. So I, I wouldn't be disappointed if him or Gabriel or Jesus, if, you know, all three didn't go or if a couple of them didn't make it.
1: Yeah. Do you two think that benefits young players just going on the plane? Like, I can remember when Theo Walcott was 17 and got called off yeah. that time. how oh, that end up? <laughs> didn't play. So, I mean, I don't know what your thoughts are on that. No,
2: I think the way he's playing at the moment, I think it, it'll be a bigger blow for Jesus as a more, you know, um, experienced professional and at a particular point in his career, you know, that could have a, a bit of a negative confidence boost. You know, with a, with players that don't go, it's one way or the other, isn't it? It's like, do they then... You know, try and prove themselves and say, look, I'm ready. And you know, you get something different from them. Or do you end up like Trent Arnold and it seems to have the yeah. the kind of down spiral? I know we spoke about it in another, in another poddy that you know, since that Gareth Southgate and openly in public, you know, criticising him when he was probably thinking, what more can I do? I've just won the Champions League and he still, it to me, his confidence has as that's been the start of the downfall. But it can go the other way. Some players like they get left out of an international squad and. The next minute, they're just pulling up trees, goals, assists, um, and they go the other way. So I think it would have, have a bigger effect on Jesus than Martinelli. He could probably take it as I'm quite young and move on from it. Like you said, there's plenty more tournaments for him to get his teeth into.
0: Yeah, but obviously, Trav's right. You, you do get dead players in international squads. Um, not saying Giroud's dead, but he always gets in the Arsenal squad. But he, uh, Sorry, France squad. But he barely gets in his club team. Um, remember Joe for Man City You think he went oh, on yeah. loan to Everton? he was always in the Brazil squad and he was absolutely dead and then right now you've got Fred I mean he's mm. dead and he gets in the team um, Football Ferreira here's a big shout Neil Thomas Partey is probably the most important player in the Arsenal team he wasn't great in the first half as all the team but that second half unreal from him and almost everyone Yeah, Yeah, they put gas burners on, didn't they? After time? Yeah,
2: at the moment he's the one where I'm thinking, please don't get injured any game. You know, I think in other positions we can cope. I know Saka looks like he's got an injury. It doesn't look like it's going to be as bad as feared. Uh, We might not have him back before the World Cup, but you know, Reece Nelson stepping in or Marquinhos stepping in, or you know, uh, Vieira can come in. So you've got cover. I just think if party's out, we just don't tick as well. with him not there because he is giving Jack a license to get forward because he just sits a bit deeper and sprays the ball around. So, yeah, I agree with that. He is really influential at the moment. And when he plays, we play, you know, there's a real correlation between the two. Um, Somebody we haven't really spoken about is William Saliba. Again, he was outstanding, Um, another nine out of ten performance. He hasn't put a foot wrong um, since he's come in. You know, he's looking like probably the the best centre-half in the league at the moment. Um, contract negotiations are undergoing with him so Arsenal will want to pin him down because he's only got a couple of years left because he's been out on loan for three but he's like a Rolls-Royce strong, composed, powerful quick over the ground reads the game well passing is unreal um, barely puts a foot wrong Um, What age is he? 21
1: 21 he brought a real composure to your back line as well Mm -hmm. I think everybody just looks really relaxed around him and I think like you said with Ramsdale's distribution and calmness on the ball it allows you to play out because I think when Arteta first came he always wanted to play out similar to Ten Hag he wants to play out from the back and if you haven't got the players to do it it, it, it does really hinder your chances of being able to do that successfully and you have to play a different way. I think Ten Hag sort of adapted to that very well. But with De Gea's distribution, it's not as good as Ramsdale's. So you can see the difference in terms of the adaptation of how we've had to we've sort of adjust. We play a lot of longer balls. We don't play at the back as much. What you can see now with Arsenal, three years down the line of Arteta's development, you can see everybody's really comfortable.
2: Yeah, and that was a big reason for the Martinez. I know it was, um, and Scotty was very vocal about that when he went, Emmy Martinez saying that, you know, he had a great start at Villa and he is a great shot stopper. But a big part of that was his distribution wasn't at the level that Arteta wanted it to be in order for the style of play he wanted to play going forward. Um, but yeah, again, the left back, it, It'd be nice to see Zinchenko back. We we did Tommy Asu there again, um, mm. which you know is is okay against certain teams, but really you don't want him playing every game. See this, fought, yeah. Not, not see this is what him.
0: this is what makes me sick. You've got Tommy Asu at left back. You've got a centre back at right back. If that's Liverpool, we're just falling apart,
1: mm. getting,
0: getting pieced. Um, mm. But yeah. <laughs> What I was going to say about Arsenal, what games you got left before the World Cup now? Is it just two like Liverpool? When's that Man yeah, City rearranged? Is that before the World no, Cup? No, that's
2: rearranged until after because the, the European games had to be played. Um, so we've got uh, <laughs> Chelsea this weekend, we've got, we've got Wolves um, coming up, we've got Brighton. Um, so you've got three got, to go? we got three to go because we missed one because of the Queen's funeral. Can you remember the, yeah, um, yeah. with the police in? They didn't have games in London. Yeah. Um. Obviously, FC Zurich in there as well. So, yeah, Chelsea away, up Brighton at home, Wolves away. We want to be looking to get seven or more out of that if we can.
0: Yeah. Sunday's going to be huge. We're going to try and do some sort of um, watch-along marathon. Do you think we should get sponsor forms out and see if we can get sponsored the longest ever stream? <laughs> An 8 hour, <laughs> well hour watch along stream, you up eight for it hours, Trav? I'm
1: on it, yeah I'm up for
0: it um, So yeah, Arsenal are flying, I'm jealous Um. I wish we had 300 million to spend in the last 14 months But we haven't, so fair play Neil, I hope you're enjoying it Because you have had 5 years of in the wilderness
2: So I'm really happy for you 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 mean you couldn't quite say that with a smile on your face? (laughs) It's all going well. I think obviously we had that blip against Southampton. We didn't lose the game. Um, But obviously it was a game we were expecting to win and that would have given us a little bit of breathing room. But um, again, we didn't lose. I think last year we probably would have lost that and got rolled over. The Leeds game where we won 1-0, we probably would have got rolled over in that game. Um, So there's a a little bit of steel about this Arsenal team this time around. I'm not saying we're going to go all the way to win it, but... There's just something a little bit different from what we had last year, and obviously a couple of players coming in. Um, rumoured to be looking to add in January. Um, we didn't get all the targets in the summer. And this new philosophy with Edu and Arteta is where we shut up shop, then we don't bring in somebody just to get a body through the door. Are you sure? And the fans fans weren't very happy.
0: I thought the new philosophy is chuck another hundred million at it if in doubt, another hundred million. And then another yeah, 100 million yeah. just for good measure.
2: Well, you'll have you believe that Liverpool haven't spent anything in the last two years, <laughs> over 200 million.
0: It's funny because I never hear Stan Kroenke's name anymore, Trav, do you?
1: No, I don't hear it, to be fair. The fans seem to be happy with what's going on. And like I said, it, like Neil always alludes to the phrase, like, you're, never for, you're never as far away as you think and you're never too far ahead. And I think that's the case with Arsenal. Like Sometimes it's difficult to see a plan or a project um, coming into place in its early stages, and I think obviously Arteta when he came in, he won the FA Cup within his first season, and there was a lot of optimism. And then, then he sort of had an indifferent period in terms of results. But I think people generally could see the direction that you are going in. But as you know, with a top club like Arsenal comes pressure, and I think this was the season where people thought he had to really deliver in terms of a competitive challenge for for the bigger trophies. I don't think people necessarily say he has to win the league to keep his job, but I think now people have seen the start that Arsenal have made. They've seen the fact that you've done well against the big teams. And I think there is now a little bit of an expectation from the fan base that he has to go on and sustain this now and turn this into sort of like a small title challenge. And yeah. and as a neutral from a neutral perspective. I expect him to do that as well, because I think he's a fantastic coach. It's always been down to whether he can sort of manage the squad, manage the egos within the squad, manage the personalities and all those components of being a top manager, because he's still quite inexperienced in that sense. But I've always believed that he can do that. Um, He's had the best school of education from Pep Guardiola, and you could see when Pep let him go he was quite reluctant to do that it, it, do you know what i mean he didn't really want to do it but he had to because it was a new challenge for him and i think Arthur can go from strength to strength and put together a small title challenge this season yeah
2: and i think what comes with that though is if you know we're we're, we're pretty clear of fifth at the moment so you're sort of saying actually if we get to you know seven or more from the next three games going into the world cup fourth should be wrapped up but then if we do drift away and you know, City go on and, you know, they end up winning it by 10 points and we end up finishing third or fourth because we concentrate on the Europa. That comes with its own pressure because if all of a sudden the expectation is then, well, Arsenal are in a title race and we fall off, then, you know, that can have a negative impact at the back end of a season where before the season, you'd probably say, yeah, we'll take fourth and maybe one one of the cups. But if we end up in that position, there could be a lot of pressure heaped on Arteta. Well, you were in the race and then, you know, all of a sudden, why didn't you do X, Y and Z? So there's always that worry. But um, for me, he came in, he sorted out Casa Pepe. Um, So he made sure uh, uh, things were sorted out. And I think that's where fans didn't quite understand what he was doing. And, you know, there was a lot of media talk. They were losing games at the same time. Aubameyang was out in the cold and, you know, they were trying to trim the squad and get rid of sort of, sort out bad decisions that happened over time and that's not easy as you know both your clubs will know when you've got those people on the wage book high wages aren't performing and you're trying to ship them on nobody wants to take them
1: how do you feel scotty like watching arsenal in terms of like being a serious threat towards the like bigger trophies how do you feel like because i know a lot of arsenal fans themselves they, they sometimes think, oh, it's the same old Arsenal, we start well, then it's all going to spiral out of control and we sort of lose it. But firstly, like, what what do you think are the expectations for Arsenal this season in, in terms of the way they're performing? And are you confident that they can continue to sustain this, this title push? Because they are in a title race, the top of the league and lost one game.
0: Well, first of all, they're not in a title race because Man City are going to blast it it's but it's obviously they're heading in the right direction that might seem negative neil but right now obviously they've spent a lot of money which is worrying for us because think how much they're going to spend when they're in the champions league they're going to spend even more and that'll push liverpool even further down the pecking order in the league which is bad for me um but yeah top four comfy i i think is the expectation now they've spent the money and then it will snowball from there. The money will be rolling in. The good times will be back at the Emirates. And yeah, I've got I've got to admit, I'm worried. I think top two's blocked off now. It's locked off. Man City Arsenal, I hope that makes you happy, Neil. Or you might have more ambition for even higher. Um, you might think you're in a title race, but I don't think you are. I don't think anyone, anyone's gonna live with Man City. Um, but yeah, when you talk tier talk, them two in first and second, and then it's the also rounds, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, or in Liverpool's case, seventh, eighth, ninth. Um,
1: so yeah, I'm, I'm you think Man it. City are literally just that uh, that far ahead? They're that good.
0: Yeah, that, I that. think I think after the World Cup, they're just gonna put the afterburners on and win ten in a row. And um, you know Arsenal have still got to play City twice. They've got to come to Anfield. They've got to play Man United. Uh, Man United, it, it, the Emirates is it new? Yeah, Yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot of football to be played. Um, I'm just going to jump in the comments. There's quite a few coming in. Uh, Football Ferrer says, Arsenal was begging for half-time yesterday. Team was losing control of the game. Saka injury had an impact on the first-half team performance. Nottingham Forest was never doing anything. But the first 15 minutes dominated was lost after Saka injury. Then Dan days come on. Arsenal's form fall from grace is going to be beautiful to watch. Dan, are you a Spurs fan, if I remember? <laughs> uh, Football for top four to keep his job. Yeah, that's locked off for me, Jose. If he doesn't finish top four after bottle to Spurs last season and spending over 300 million, see, it's not just me saying it, Neil, it's a fact surely he will be out if he doesn't finish top four
1: I can't see how they're not going to get in the top four like they
0: they're gonna but but that is a good point Neil what if there was some sort of capitulation and they didn't finish top four surely he'd be under massive pressure
2: yeah and that's what I was just saying you know I think that's the it that's the bare minimum now I, I you're saying about not being a title race but if we get to you know the midway point as in the World Cup we'll call that midway point number one 15 games in we're still top of the league yeah anything it, can happen in a title race? anything can happen but no no, it's just purely on paper
0: I don't think you're going to live with Man City
2: a no? couple they, of buys in January Man City pick no, up a couple of
0: key injuries no listen I hope from a Liverpool point of view I hope you do have a raft of injuries but you take Martinelli out <laughs> Gabriel Jesus, Saka, you know I'm a massive Odegaard fan. You have an injury to Saliba or Gabriel and you've got Rob Holden in centre-back. It can fall apart. Really the whole quickly. team out.
2: Better. Better. <laughs> if, you get 23, if you get 23 out and you've got to play the under-9. Basically, yeah. two or three of them
0: out and we'll see what you're about when you got... And Ketia up front, and Reese Nelson playing fairy games <laughs> in centre mid, and Rob Holding with his new hair, oh. toupee. Um, hang on, but he's doing a great job. Arteta at, uh, so far this season is such a young, very young squad. And mentality, he's preparing. This kid's like no one else. You can tell at times mentally. Arsenal players is ready to react absolutely. And you you mentioned that Neil like a, a steely determination. I don't think it's even that. You've got a young team who are hungry, and that was a thing that I watched uh, when you beat Liverpool. I thought all this young hunger, this pacey, and I'm looking at Harvey Elliott labouring around the the pitch, and I'm, I'm I jealous. Think it
2: Sometimes you get with those young players, they don't, uh, the the history doesn't carry with them. You know how obviously we'd um, struggled against Liverpool for a while. I can't remember, you know, the last time we'd won against you, you know, we picked up a couple of draws. But they don't come with that baggage, the young players, and that pressure. Like, they go out and just play with freedom and see how they get on in the game. Once you start getting a little bit older, that's when it comes. But I think there's a nice blend of, because you've got Xhaka party. Um, a little bit older, a little more experienced in the engine room. You've got Jesus, who's been around a bit, dabbled in with that youth. So I think Jack has really taken that role on this season because he's become more of a leader of those younger players. And it's kind of tempered his kind of firing us where he just makes rash and silly decisions and gets booked for petulance you know that seems to have gone out of his game a bit so mm. th- th- there's a nice blend of experience and youth at the moment
0: nah, it is, it's so. as I keep saying I hate watching it but yeah you're, you're right um, big up to you Dan love bro and top stream guys loving it thank you Dan um, if anyone else is watching it don't forget to like and subscribe guys really helps us out a lot really appreciate it and don't forget to subscribe to Football For Era Dan Day These are top guys. I watch their streams all the time, Uh, especially yours today, Football Ferreira, Jose. It was a great stream. I watched it for about an hour at work, getting paid for it. So what's life all about? I love it. Um, Arsenal will finish top four. Said this before the season starts, so Arteta will keep his project longer. Yeah, I agree. Dan Day, they have a good team right now, and and a set first 11, which a lot of teams don't. No still, yeah, that's true. Like we just said, uh opposition fans are hoping a few of them get injured to really test the squad. Um very true, but then if Thomas gets injured, yeah, Neil, you just mentioned that he's a key player. Jesus injured, Saliba injured. I mean the death the depth in the squad is not strong. Is it strong,
2: Neil? Have you have Yeah, you got... I, I mean I, I agree in some respects, but I think um I mean I heard somebody on Talksport Talk about United or finish second because, you know, when their players are fit, they got more to come off the bench than Arsenal. And he just named all the players that were already fit and playing. And it was like, if you actually look at the Arsenal team and the squad, there is strength in depth there if players are out for a little bit of time. I do think we need to add in a couple of areas to go to the next level. Mm-hmm. But... I don't think it's as bad as what people are saying. I mean, if you're saying Saliba gets injured, Ben White will just slot in at center back, who did great there and is doing great at right-back. Tommy Asu goes in at right-back. You know, we've got Tierney Zinchenko at left-back. Yeah, Tommy two Asu left backs. White can play left-back. You know, we've yeah. got Rob Holding that can come in and do a get uh, do a job for a short period of time. You know, Matt Turner's come in, um, reserve goalkeeper in the Europa League games and looked great. You've got Party Xhaka in midfield. You've got... Um, you know, in that number ten position, you've got Erdegaard, you've got Emil Smith Rowe to come back. You've got so there is strength and depth there. Yeah, Smith Rowe. Where's Smith Rowe? Is he injured? He had a he had a little groin injury. He had an operation, so he should be back after the World Cup. And mm. then he's back in training today. He's done well when he's come in to to cover. What about Enketia? So, Has he been playing Europa League? Has he's he been re- playing Europa League, yeah, and coming up. Is he regretting
0: bench? signing his new contract? Because. He was
2: getting loads of games at the
1: Jesus, end of the season, and that... yeah,
2: I think he knew when Jesus came in that that was probably going to be the case. But you know, he, he hasn't he's done still how... young as
1: well. He's still got time. Yeah, he's, he's got still young. He's still developing. I think the main thing as well is that this is the probably the first time in a while where you think Arsenal's strength in depth is actually got quality because Man United have shown you can have a lot of squad players, and if they're not good players, it doesn't matter. Like. Um, I think Liverpool as well. If we talk about the injuries that Liverpool have had, Liverpool have got four centre-backs, but the difference is is that none of them are really playing well. Same with the midfielders. How many midfielders have you actually got? When you think about Curtis Jones, Kaiser Oxley, Chamberlain, Fabinho, Henderson, Thiago, I could reel all these names off. But if they're not on good form and not playing well, then it's irrelevant, isn't it? And I think the difference is with Arsenal, the chemistry there, the Spirit and the togetherness is similar. Like in terms of how United are going at the start of their journey now. Arsenal have had three years of sort of building this philosophy and building this strength and this togetherness. That is what you're seeing in the main. Like obviously they've got good players. But you're now seeing them keep clean sheets away from home like they weren't doing before. You're seeing them grinding out results when they're not playing well. You're seeing them fighting for every ball. And, and the fans are seeing the passion and what it sort of means now to pick up these results. And that's why they're sort of riding this crest of a wave. And why I think personally that I don't think you're going to see a commitment capitulation you might see a little bit of a drop off or they might have a chunk of results where they play a couple of tough away games against teams in the top six and they might lose and draw a game but i think a capitulation to i don't think the other sides around the top six will allow a capitulation because i don't like you said i think the top two set in stone i don't think there's enough quality underneath that to really sort of deter the top two at the moment
0: yeah i agree um but you talk about strength and depth They've just spent 300 million. I like to think they would have strength and depth. And that is the last time I'm going to say it this stream, all right? I promise. That's not like a broken record and jealous. Football yeah. uh, oh, Ferreira has um, added a comment. The Magic Hat Man. That must be you, Trav. I've just worked it out. <laughs> the, Magic hat, the Magic Hat guy saying all those players, but are they good enough? Is like you saying Tottenham House.
1: Who's No, Liverpool? What's that? Does
0: he mean for Arsenal or Liverpool? Uh, Arsenal. It's like saying Tottenham have have two. You got a good eleven, but some of the players you said wouldn't fit in pub Sunday team. Ooh, well that, feel well that's, the my, that's my point. You, you that, that,
2: but Reece Nelson, point. Reece Nelson, come off the bench and got two goals and an assist yesterday. Yeah, so, where's he
0: been? Right. I ain't had his name for about two years. Where's he, he, he
2: been? Was, he was on he was on loan at Feyenoord in the in the Dutch league. He did really well last season. So again, he's another one, like Trav's saying, I think there's, you know, all the players coming in are buying into the philosophy. And if you're not good enough, you don't play. Yes, they're not maybe at the same level, but you could even go through the Man City squad. And if they pick up a couple of injuries, not all the players coming in are at the same level as the players going out. If KDB gets injured or Haaland, who's coming in for Man City to play up top? Yeah, that's true.
0: He's that's coming in the number yeah. 10 role to play. That's what I've all, all said. F- I mean, Foden would drop in there because he's just amazing. Uh, sorry, guys. Back to the comments. I keep cutting off. The Magic mm-hmm. the Magic Hat Man is not the hat guy. Sorry, Jose. The king spot on, right? So, <laughs> Trav must be the king. Spot on. On about Arsenal. The Magic is not the hat guy. If, <laughs> if Gabriel Jesus gets injured, Man City have too many quality. Yeah, they have. Look. Man City have got options, haven't they? I mean, who's that guy? Alvarez, is it? Yeah,
1: Alvarez. Yeah. yeah. He's, re-
0: he's re- replacing Ireland. Right. When we come on this live stream, we said we'd probably do 10 minutes Arsenal, 10 minutes Man United, and we 10, minutes, to get to Liverpool. We're 10 minutes Liverpool. we always and run over. We're on 36 what, minutes already. And we've, we've, just, United. we've just blew 36 minutes of smoke up Arsenal's behind. <laughs> So let fair play. Uh, I've got a little guilty secret to um, come clean about. I actually enjoy watching Arsenal play new when I see them on. I'm thinking oh, I want to be at home for that game. Um, so mm. fair play to you, and I hate it. Trav, yeah, did you watch the game new? West Ham Man yeah. United, yeah. How did West Ham not score in that last 20 minutes? I don't even know what chance I want to talk about. Uh, the header from Suchek, was it?
1: No, Z- um, Kurt Zuma at the near post. Kurt Zuma,
0: the long-range effort from... It's the Bowen my
1: chance. Man, that, my heart was in my mouth, the Bowen chance. The Jared the Bowen chance. chance. I can't believe it. He scuffed it on his weaker right foot. And, and that it, was... It, it hit Bowen.
0: Maguire's heel, is that right?
1: Yeah, great block. Oh, Jesus, man. Living. Probably hit his head at the same time and he didn't even realise it, <laughs> but... <laughs> I don't know. The game panned out exactly how I thought it was going to go. Again, we started the game well. I didn't expect us to score an early goal and I knew it would be a struggle at times in the game. I I predicted that before the game. I think West Ham are sort of in a false position and have got players that can hurt you. and And I was surprised. I watched Match of the Day and Antonio was on the bench. I was actually surprised about that. Um, I thought he would play because of his physicality and his pacing, especially with Maguire playing, because I'm sure teams, when they come up against United, they probably target Maguire in that right-hand or left-hand channel, depending on what which side centre-half he's playing. But we did start the game where we had some chances in the game. And again, I was just relieved that we scored the first goal. And when we did score the first goal... I thought it was going to be, I didn't think we were going to score any more goals. I know we had the Fred header right at the end on the council attack and stuff. But it was very, like, a bitty, scrappy affair. What I expect from a David Moyes team coming to Old Trafford, like I said before. And I was relieved. Relieved was the word. Because it's not like West Ham relentlessly battered us. They had good chances. The Hayes had to... Sort of roll back the years and he made a couple of camera saves don't get me wrong i thought yeah. i thought a couple of the saves were decent but a couple were for the camera as well and a couple made...
2: of manuel armunias in there
1: <laughs> yeah he loves those ones don't he but no we had a good... again it's the spirit and the togetherness that i'm really impressed with we are really difficult to beat now teams are having to really earn it but from our perspective we're not killing teams off and i think that is, that is going, I don't know if it's going to be a long-term issue for us in this season in in particular, but I think we just have to, Rash again, the match of the day analysis showed Rashford and the areas that he was trying to get into, obviously he scored his 100th goal, which was brilliant for him at such a young age, really, but, um, They highlighted the areas that he was trying to get in. And I think still you're seeing Ten Hag that he needs time with these players because Rashford was attacking the penalty spot from the left-hand side and he doesn't normally do that, especially when the ball's on the opposite side. But he was really getting into good areas. Even though he wasn't receiving the ball all the time, I think we need to see more of our midfield and wide players get into goal-scoring areas. And you said it the other week, Scott, about Liverpool... Um, battering a team and and a, and a team being on the end of a hiding like you did to Bournemouth with the nine nil. I think, especially with Martial back who's in training, if he can get up to speed and we can get Anthony um, playing with him and Rashford, we are going to put a team away five nil definitely. Because I, because I I think we're just defending that well now. It's down to us to just kill teams off.
2: Do you yeah. think um twenty nine year old young prospect Martial is going to come good? Yeah. I didn't call (laughs)
1: Martial but yeah, Martial is obviously his season. I wouldn't even say it's been start because it's not even started. I think he's made one substitute appearance. He got injured in the warm-up against, I think it was Everton and he's not played since. So it's been disappointing because he did have a great pre-season but it's no good having a good pre-season. It reminds me of Louis Louis Sahar in that sense. Just all the talent in the world but just never fit and it's just such a shame but I just think if If he was fit, we would be so much further ahead in how we were trying to play from an offensive standpoint. Because I don't want to sound cheesy, but he really is the glue to how we like want to play. Like balls into him just stick all the time. He links with players so well, he can go in behind and he can come short. And you know what it's like. We're just basically playing really without a striker because as much as I love Ronaldo and and he does divide opinion. Feel the burn. (laughs) No, for me, I just think he he is a little bit finished. Like, he just can't... He's struggling to accept that he's not the main man anymore. Obviously, his mentality and his temperament and his dedication to the game has got him where he is now. But from a Manchester United fan perspective, and I'm I'm as loyal fan as they are, but in terms of his loyalty... In his first stint at United, unbelievable. But don't forget, the the season before he left, he tried to engineer a move. Fergie said, give me one more year, you'll get your move to Real Madrid. Then he made his name, all his Ballon d'Ors and everything. That came at Real Madrid and stuff. And then, he's, then his sort of career has been made up of floating around, going to, still going to big clubs and scoring goals, but like causing disruption. He is a little bit of a wrecking ball if you look at where he's been after United, Juventus and things like that. He's caused issues. And then he's come back to United. More issues. So for me, I think we've got to cut our losses, whether it's in January or in the summer, and get a proper top-class centre-forward in. And I think we'll that will take us to the next level.
0: I don't you want it uh, to. Sorry, I don't want it to turn yeah. into the, the Ronaldo podcast, which yeah, it, it pretty right. much. It always as soon as we start talking about it. <laughs> I have
1: mentioned it, and it's me. just
0: it's hard, isn't it? Because we could talk half an hour about it. But what is his new celebration about? Like, is this part of?
1: Yeah, what, what's he, what's he trying to say? It was described on the website when he when he travels to away games and he sits on the team bus and he goes to sleep. He sleeps in that position. A load of people banter him about it. So it's just, I think people took photos of it. you think it's like,
2: a little thing of Pete, he's trying to say people are trying to sleep on him, that kind of. Yeah, I want to
0: go to work know. Know. and I'm I'm laid to rest. No one's using me, sort of thing. I might as well go sleep.
1: I don't know. A little bit I've never I've, I've never know. known another. I've never known another 37 year old footballer who still thinks they should be the main man to that degree at such a big club. I've just never seen it.
2: To be fair, he's looking at the dog food around him and he's probably thinking I should be number
1: one. <laughs> no, but it's, you've got to base it on not on what he's done. You've got to base it on how he's playing. Like When I'm watching him play, like normally, do you know if a pass is meant to go into your feet and it doesn't go into your feet, and you're sort of disappointed, it doesn't go into you, you still chase it down. Mm-hmm. He doesn't do that. Like, And I'm not saying it's all about pressing. It's not, because a lot of people just say, well, he can't press, and I think that's quite lazy assessment of of that. But if you look at even the chance in the second half where he's cleaning through on his left foot, normally he bags that. Even though it's from quite a tight angle, he hits the target normally. He's not even doing that anymore, and it's like simple finishes he's not even scoring anymore like his his output of goals isn't great last season it was obviously and you could say it's because he's not playing football but it, there's always that nostalgia attached to somebody like Ronaldo, and it makes those decisions difficult. I don't think Ten Hag fancies in deep down. Also, he would be playing. Let let let's be honest, he would be playing. He's playing Rashford through the middle. At like the season, he was playing Erlanger on wide and Rashford through the middle. He was doing everything but to play Ronaldo. Really. So just for me, I think we've just got to move on.
0: Well, it doesn't help that he bent his bridges when uh, Ten Hag come in either, does it? A new, a new gaffer comes in and he's angling for a move away, so you reap what you sow. Um, yeah. But that's enough about Ronaldo. Talk to about Ericsson's cross and Rashford's header. It was incredible.
1: It was, yeah. I really mean, Eric- Ericsson, um, he just allows you to control a football match with, with the range of passing that he delivered. Like I said, I mean, with him and Casemiro, there's not lots and lots of legs in there. But well, in terms of experience, positioning, intelligence, that's what that's what's revolutionised our midfield. We had the opposite with Fred and McTominay before, but we didn't have the technical ability, the the know-how, the intelligence, the game management. I think the balance of Casemiro and Ericsson together, Casemiro allows Ericsson to basically free Rome and do what he wants. And you, and you can see opposition find picking up Ericsson so difficult because you just don't know where he's going to appear. And in, certain, in terms of weak foot, left foot, right foot, any sort of pass, he can do it. Do you know what I mean? Technically, he's unbelievable. And the cross was just a peach because he sort of, he makes it so difficult for the defender because he crosses it so early when it bounces as well. So the defender can't get set. The, the defender's square for a start. He can't open his body up. He can't see where Rashford is. And the, what's clever about Rashford's movement, is his distance away from the defender allows him to attack it and allows the defender no time to sort of adjust. So because he, he must have looked at Rashford if he had the opportunity and thought, well, he's not really involved in the play. He, he's got nothing to do with the play here. But the cross is floated in at such pace, so beautifully, allows Rashford to get full ahead of steam. And you know when you've got a running jump on someone, that's static there's only one winner and he absolutely powers the header. It's pretty central but the power and the pace he generates just allows Fabianski no chance to save if,
0: Especially if it was Trent Arnold at their back post, he would have powered it. Um, <laughs> but anyway, Gary Neville could not stop sucking off Diogo Dallo, the right back. He played well. Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to head into the comments. Um, Arsenal have been a big shout. Where is it? Arsenal have been the best team this season is it reality? I'd love to see Arsenal win the league. Fair play, Jose. Fair play. And then we've gone to Man United. Lissandro Martinez, he's written it four times. Talk to me about him, Trav. Um, when's he be- going to become Man United captain? It's got to be in the post. This week, next week, it's inevitable. They might as well do it now. Like, what? What is Ten Hag waiting for?
1: I think um, he's trying to do it methodically. Like he's trying to keep everybody involved, happy, get his feet under the table in terms of the reputation. I think that's building with the fans. The fans are really starting to trust him and trust him very quickly. Mm. He's had to make some really, really big decisions. Again, with Ronaldo, Maguire, that decision, Luke Shaw in terms of his transition in and out of the team. Even the way that he's managed some of the squad players, like McTominay, Fred, when Casemiro first came in, he wasn't straight into the team. Sort of transitioned him in because McTominay was playing. I think you're going to see the same with the captaincy as well. I think Bruno's been captain quite a bit this season in Maguire's absence from the team. Um, and I think what you're seeing is other leaders grow now. Like Dallow that the viewer just mentioned, terms uh, yourself just mentioned um, in terms of Dallow. he's one of those players who I'm quite worried about because he, his contract expires in the summer. Really? Yeah, wow. yeah. I know, exactly. So that's quite a worry. And I know uh, he, uh, he's really turned his perspective around with a lot of the fans as well, because a lot of the fans weren't really fancying him earlier. What age so is he? Um, 23, still young. Yeah. 24, yeah. Bought him from Porto under Mourinho when he was very young. Got a very high ceiling. And obviously when Oli came in, bought him wan Um And so Dali was just, went on a few loans, AC Milan and stuff like that, but he's come in and done really well. But back to your question in terms of Martinez, he's got all the credentials to be a captain without doubt, leadership qualities, qualities of performances, just grit, determination, everything you would want from a captain. And I always like centre-halves being captains yeah, as well. They can see the whole pitch, they can orchestrate so many positions, centre-mid, both full-backs, the other center half goalkeeper in terms of the communication it's effective, and i think it i think the reason it would be good is because it's one of ten Hag's sign as well i think that really then stamps his authority on the whole squad so uh, yeah personally i'd like to see him be a captain I, I don't mind bruno being that in that position i know a lot of the fan base have some doubts over his performance levels but i think martinez does fit the bill to be honest because it, again, in terms of his stature, a lot of people have said things about his height, but you can tell he, he's not intimidated by anyone. I think he's been absolutely fantastic for Manu.
0: Was Maguire straight back into the armband
2: Sunday?
1: He was, yeah. Wow. Maguire was, yeah. Um, David Perhaps, De Gea. Just a,
2: just a question. That, um, sorry just to just interrupt you there, Scott. That I just mentioned earlier that somebody said about you know, United finishing second, and they think there's more strength in depth than the Arsenal squad. Do you see that yourself with the players? I mean, I'm just looking at the squad here of players. You know, I couldn't tell you who half of them are. Mm. Um, this is a weird one. Because... On the peak, Phil Jones is still there. Zidane <laughs> Bakul, uh, Lindelof, Twan You know, I mean, I don't see it myself. Varane gets injured a lot. Ronaldo's causing a problem. No, the, difficult, difficult,
1: the difficulty is, when you ask that question, it become be. It can be answered in, in a few different ways because let's say Arsenal's whole first 11 was out and our whole first 11 was out with everyone fit, and you put out two second string 11s. I would say on paper, our squad is probably slightly stronger than yours. So, in terms of that kind of squad depth, I would say Man United. But I think in key areas, you've got better depth, if, if that makes sense. I think our, so like, our squad is made up of, of good squad players, but that you've got better players, but just less of them. Does that make sense? Like, like Van Der Beek, you could say an international top name, but like I think the balance of your squad is better than ours. That's what I'm basically trying to say in a nutshell. So in terms of individuals, I would say, yep, Man United, but in terms of balance, team, coordination, chemistry, I'd say Arsenal. So um the thing is I Man don't...
0: United, Man United have got a whole sub back five, haven't they? They've got that yeah. D- de Bravka who was he was really good at Newcastle. Really, good, what's yeah. going on there. And then really you've got Wan Bissaka, Lindelof, Maguire, Shaw, or Malassia, yeah. depending yeah. on whoever's got it. You got McTominay and Fred, who would yeah. deputize for Casemiro de and Beek. Ericsson. You've got Van der Beek, Ronaldo up front, Sancho. Sancho uh, and yeah. who are chucking on the left? Alanga?
1: Well, yeah, or Garnacho. We've got options there. We've got... The oh, options... you mentioned these names, the worst it sounds. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but like I said, I think he's still got more weeding out to do in the squad. There's still going to be more names that will go out of the, those players. I mean, like you said... One from Van Fred McTominay, I probably don't expect to be there next season. I don't expect Lindelof or Maguire to be there at Man United next season. Um, I expect probably cover at centre-back to come in. I don't expect Wan-Bissaka to be there. He's just not getting any game time. You think about that, that's probably... You're looking at £60 recoup for them, really, all three of those. And then in the striker's position as well, you're going to have Ronaldo off the wage bill. There's still the jury's out on Martial and whether he can stay fit. I think Sancho Anthony Rashford stay, but then apart from that, we're going to need a top striker. So you're looking at the positions that we need to fill. Striker's number one priority, I would say, a second midfielder. Although Ericsson's been unbelievable, at the age of 30, and obviously with his uh, medical history, you would probably think he needs somebody that's going to compete with him long-term if Fred or McTominay or Van Der Beek departs. And then you're looking at the back four where we need either cover or a first choice right back, and then a replacement for Maguire or Lindelof. So I think again you're going to see another big summer for Man U, To be perfectly honest, I can I think you're going to see us probably spending 150 to 170 million again because the reason I say that is the striker they're so scarce. To find a top striker, it's such a difficult market, and I've mentioned it before. Like and is probably going to go to Chelsea you've got Vlajevic at Juventus, you've got Osimhen. at... He's Nath. not
2: done much, has he? Vlajevic, since he's gone there.
1: No, this is what I mean. So, but,
2: he, he was a big he, name in Europe, yes, wasn't he?
1: Yeah. Oh, Man City know. obviously signed Haaland and he was the one that hit the jackpot, but underneath that, they're signing Alvarez, you signed Gabi Jesus, he was within the Prem, Tottenham went within the Prem with Richarlison, Liverpool went Nunes, and then after that, like you've got Isak who went to Newcastle, but again in terms of his world status it's not huge and they still have to pay 60 million do you know what i mean for him so what are we going to have to pay for a top center forward
0: is nkunku just heavily linked with chelsea or is that a done
1: deal? Now, apparently he did a medical in the summer pending for next summer oh. um so I think that's already a done deal and that's probably going to cost about 70 million
0: right Les, let's jump in the comments got to keep them involved yeah, football for thanks for tuning in for the whole stream mate you're a legend uh, he said Maguire looked okay and did well, but only because he was next to the best defender so far this season, Martinez. Neil might have something to say about that. Uh, Arna, hang on. Let's not forget Saliba has been absolutely class two. I bet Neil would say that too. Man United haven't got a top goal scorer, a number nine, a killer that will be there. Yeah, that's exactly what Trav I agree. just said. I agree. Cristiano, unfortunately, haven't got the pace and can't press high anymore like Ten Hag wants. Absolutely. Um, um Where's it going? A question to you all. Sancho will never be a top footballer because he touches the ball five times before he uses his brain. Who agrees? Trav, that's for you. In the Bundesliga, it works, but at this level, no. Sancho is poor. I seen something on uh, Talksport today. I can't remember who it was. Might have been Jamie O'Hara, just saying that. No, it was an ex-Man United, basically saying, yeah, Sancho has lost all his confidence. Like, what? What is going
2: on with him? I was going to say, if it was Jamie O'Hara, did you just switch off?
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Sancho one absolutely kills me because my cousin, he's a we're really close, and he's a huge Arsenal fan and he batters me about the Bundesliga and he just calls it Bundesliga attacks. I think the only player who actually had faith coming into this country from the Bundesliga was Haaland. I think he was sort of a guarantee. But anybody that comes from that league, he always has huge doubts over as to whether they can cut it in the Premier League. Can was, have it. Yeah, can I have it? but there's Naby, been Naby T- Werner, Timo Werner. There's been a there's been a carousel of players who've come and not really done it. And I'm one of those people, I don't really want to say it and I don't want to stoop to that level where I'm just like Sancho's just not gonna make it, but I'm starting to have small doubts myself. Like again, he's just so talented. And he's not again, I think when Martial plays Players like that help him because he's one of those link kind of wingers, likes to play little one-twos, ones around the corner, like giving give goes and getting it back and stuff. So he's not one of those wingers that's just going to rip you apart down the line with pace and get crosses in and stuff like that. So I think the makeup of our team does contribute to that. But from an £80 million player, I'll have to be honest, I do expect more from an £80 million player as an individual in terms of his output goals and assists have been quite low in the last 18 months. Um so it's going to be difficult for him to really, really start to exert himself on the starting lineup, especially with the form of Rashford and Anthony. I certainly wouldn't put him ahead of those two. And with the England thing as well and then not being involved in the setup, you'd probably think if if he doesn't start booking up his ideas within the next year or so. He probably will be out the door. I have to say. I mean, he's yeah, got... and
2: he and he's not that young, really. I mean, he's 22 and he's played nearly 200 games. Yeah, so it's not like he's you know just been around for a little bit of you know he's he's 18, 19. Played in the
1: Champions League as well. He's got bags of experience at, yeah. at the highest level, so he's got to be impacting games more as an individual. Sometimes you can blame the system, but there becomes a point where you've just got to take matters into your own hands and say, if I want to play at this club, I've got. To Make sure I fit into the system by hook or by crook. I think he's just got to have a long, hard talk with himself and start fixing up in terms of how he's. Well, he's got what five
2: goals and a handful of assists in 40, 50 games for United. Do you remember?
0: Yeah. Do you remember when we done a combined eleven and you two both put Sancho in over Sadio Mane? Was that like a low point for both your punditry careers? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> were well, you kind of hoping i'd never mention it on a because i'll
1: saying take that, that one, one on the chin mate i always have one little ever every now and again job. i mean i don't I think have that many...
2: was me just trying to wind you up at the time to be honest <laughs> um i think nicola pepe had just hit a barn door for the 15th <laughs> game. Yeah.
0: i don't think even nicola pepe ever made it in a combined 11. So. <laughs> Honestly, nicola
2: pepe's got better stats than sancho and that's worrying for
0: <laughs> <Sancho>. <laughs> Uh, move on. There's more to talk than just Cristiano. Yeah, we did do Jose, trust me. Mm. His winning mentality is something we'll never see again. But sorry, you need to accept he's basically 75% finished. Yeah, I agree. Important and key for the team at times, of course. Man United start well, great cross, great header. But that second half looked like the United from last season at times. They were, they were hanging on, Trav, and I was like. Neil talks about the Cops sucking in a goal when Liverpool are 1-0 down. I was sucking that ball in for West Ham. And I was nearly off the couch a couple of times. I still still can't believe how that one... Yeah, probably the worst one was Jared Bowen when it hit the heel of Maguire. Jesus yeah. Christ, that was in. It oh, was. Wow. Uh, but big... A big win, a massive and important three points for United. Yeah, huge. having a great season, another great game, and being the best right back in the league this season. No doubt about it. Wow. I think Ben White would be having something different to say about that. Yeah, it? and he's, he's not even year. a he's not even a right back.
1: Dallo's been top draw though. I do, I do like that comment. He's been top draw. Man Jones United
0: league. haven't got a better squad than Arsenal. Uh, come on, United! You know, too many players who shouldn't be footballers, but in Brazil, having parties and barbecues. Done <laughs> deal <Dundil laughs> for Chelsea and Kunku. You heard it here first. Football, Ferrera, Jose. He's like the Fabrizio Romano. What did you say, on Kunku to
1: Chelsea?
0: Yeah, done deal, and Kunku. I don't watch other YouTubers. I never did, and not really have the time to listen to anything or any podcast, radio, etc. But you guys know about the ball too much absolutely great football knowledge Jose you are too kind mate Uh, we live football we've been in a group chat together for about five years and it is just non-stop 16 hours a day football chat banter facts stats uh, relentless this podcast has been in the making for a long time sorry Sancho there's a Sunday pub team around the corner looking for players like Sancho. Oh, <laughs> oh, man. That's <laughs> it's not brutal. That bad. <laughs> it's
1: not that bad. That's brutal. Trav,
0: before the World mm-hmm. Cup, what have you got left? Uh, but, Sunday, mm-hmm. it's Villa away, is,
1: Villa, is it? Villa, Villa away, and I think it's Fulham at home. And that's it, yeah. just two. Yeah, that's it. And and we've got Villa in the um, EFL Cup as well. Oh, so yeah. yeah. So we've got three fixtures. That's nice. I mean, if we can if we can pick up six points in those fixtures, you don't know what you're going to get from Villa at the moment. New environment, new manager, Unai Emre, they're going to be fighting like lions in that game. And that's going to Good be... Good evening. <laughs> Good evening, yeah. They're going to be fighting like lions that evening. So it's going to be tough. Um, but if we can manage to get the three points in both of those games, we've already got a game in Andover, Newcastle and Spurs we'll go level on Spurs if we win that so we'll be in an extremely strong position and I think the the World Cup will come at a good time for us as well just because I think everyone needs a little bit of a break like I said the players are going to be playing a lot of them in the World Cup and stuff but I think it'll be a good opportunity for Ten Hag to just have a sort of a little bit of a mini review of the season see where we're at see where your fitness levels are um, of the players and stuff and then it was a good opportunity for us to refresh and go again after the World Cup. So yeah, we're doing well. It's
0: going to we be do. the it's going to be the same for everyone, isn't it? It's going to be. I mean, I don't know. Are they giving those that are not going to the World Cup three weeks off, and then they come back for a three week mini? I don't season? think they'll get three. They'll probably get like uh, 10
2: Yeah, three. you'd imagine there'd be some warm weather training for those players not going. <clears throat> I think Arsenal were going to base themselves in Dubai. So those, as soon as they get knocked out of the cup, then you know Qatar's just yeah. around the corner. They drop into the camp.
1: Yeah. Nice. A lot of relaxing. So yeah,
0: so onto on to Liverpool. Really, I don't even know how much there is to talk, um, unless the people oh, watching, plenty. unless the people watching did not watch the live stream. The the short we done got good good feedback on <laughs> Instagram and the shorts. Um, it, it was just shocking. Um, I think I was angry on the Saturday night on the potty with you two. Uh, it turned into a bit of shock um i just feel i feel bereft to be honest obviously i've been watching um youtube constant listening to the podcast the anfield rap and all that and i don't think i could be any more down than i am now to be honest obviously youtube have been giving me stacks in the in the group chat saying that i can't moan about injuries i can't moan about the net spend what am I allowed to moan about? What am I allowed to say? No, <laughs> it is
1: no absolutely all side, dire. You, are, you are allowed to moan about those things. I mean, you just—we just—we're just saying, like, in terms, the opposition you're losing to, there's enough quality in the in the teams that you're putting out to be able to go and get three points, or at least perform better than what you're showing at the moment. And I think that's the biggest concern for you. I mean, you're you're forever the optimist to me, Scott. Like, I think you're one of those really positive Liverpool fans who sort of have really enjoyed the way that you've played in the last three to four years. Because you've been excellent, really, in terms of how you've competed for the big trophies and you've converted and won them. But I think, like, when when I hear you now say, like, oh... The, like the, I think you must have said our season starts this week about 10 times this season. <laughs> Every single week you say it and you never get the result you want. So I'm just like thinking, are you now saying it more out of hope? or Because when I watch Liverpool play, again, as a neutral, I just don't see where you're getting the confidence from. from no, this. I'm
0: not now. Honestly, it's gone now, mate. Honestly, yeah. um, it really is gone now. Do you know what the, the, the thing I've been thinking today is that Forrest and Leeds both set up to get something out of the game. Mm. Can you say that Forrest tried to get someone out of the game yesterday?
1: Because no, they just Forrest couldn't does. cope
0: with you. But but we're easy to play against at the minute. Two yeah, banks of four, soak yeah. it up, and Liverpool will give you chances.
2: Yeah. Forest yesterday, They, um, I mean, we got the early goal after four minutes, but like uh, Ferreira said in the chat, it went a bit flat then, but they tried to just sit two banks and they were very deep. There was a sea of blue. Um, and Arsenal had to try and break them down. Against Liverpool, that wasn't the case. They were, a, they were attack, attack. They could have had three goals. Uh, they, they smelt blood. Uh, Leeds the same. Even when it went one, nit, one each, you'd think Liverpool of 18 months ago probably would have went on and won that 3-1. But Leeds just kept coming at you. They could have had more chances. The Bamford one. Even I before even, the
0: yeah, I think even Liverpool in the Champions League would have gone on and won that, though. And it's like we've got this hex on us in the Premier League, this lack of confidence. Um, like when Nunes spent that chance in the first half where he should have just lifted H1. it over the keeper. <laughs> yeah. The the guilt edge chance where he just had to lift it over and then the chance in the second half that I referred to was like Martinelli's goal against Liverpool in the first minute. You know, he's got to be putting them, them away. So the more we're missing chances like these... The more nervous we get at the back, and you know, I said it on the stream they're going to nick this. I said on seventy-five minutes. Lo and behold, um, I don't want to put words in OB's mouth because he's not here, but OB said on our group chat it was almost like the players aged in that game, like the Liverpool Gary team Neville. did. Yeah, yeah, like Gary Neville against West Brom. But he <laughs> mentioned Liverpool in nineteen ninety when we got beat by Crystal Palace four-three in a semi-final in nineteen ninety. There's a quote that's well known. Apparently the the players aged just over that game and the next minute it's we've got a decaying squad full of early 30s that Soonis inherited and it all went wrong. And when he said it, I thought, you're right, because Van Dijk did not look set in that game. He looked on his heels. He looked slow, sluggish. I don't know whether he hasn't got confidence in Gomez. I don't know whether... As well, you know how they said like Trent and Robertson reinvent the fullback positions. I'm Mm -hmm. not sure if that is that's been done done now. That's that's how you know like formations go out of fashion and it's the next the next meta. I'm not sure if that that is we're not catching up with that because if you see one of the chances we missed, uh, I think it was Nunez with that Martinelli. Like the the fairest player forward next to him was Trent Arnold. Does Ben White get in them positions? Does Tommy Asu get in them positions? Does Dallo get in them positions? It's almost like,
1: you know Isn't that sort of the way you're playing sort of gone out of fashion quite quickly?
0: It's we are not good enough to play like that with that confidence arrogance now. So I've said it on two or three streams ago, give me two banks of four at the minute, keep it tight at the back, we've got enough firepower up front, Salah, Nunes, Firmino, Jota, Diaz, to nick a one one or two goal and just get back to basics.
2: Yeah, and that's I think what we could have yeah,
0: done. We're doing on Saturday
2: as well, yeah. Because the this fluid front three's kind of gone out of fashion a little mm. bit as well, and it, we've gone back to the old number nine. You know, Trav was talking about it with United earlier. They need that number nine up top. You know, Arsenal have gone that way uh, with Jesus Harland. Spurs um, have yeah, always had Kane. Yeah, and you've got you know Kane for Spurs and. You know, Liverpool are still trying to... It's almost like they brought Nunez in and they're still trying to play this Mane, Salah, you know, Firmino, link up, you know, full-backs getting outside. Um, like, the way they were 18 months ago, that it's not really the way teams are playing anymore and it's been cottoned onto. to. Yeah. Nunez at the moment has shown he's not good enough to be a number nine. I mean, I looked at the... I was talking to Scotty earlier. The difference between the two players... You know, uh, Jesus, you watch his performance against Forrest. He didn't score. Um, and Nunes is, you know, Jesus is all over the pitch. He's linking up. You know, he he's a terror for defences. And Nunes was static for most of the game, trotting around. center halves. it was easy to mark him. He, he wasn't even dropping off into space. He wasn't getting in behind. He was kind of just doing a bit of nothing. Um, I'm, I'm
0: not gonna. I'm not gonna write him off yet. Um, I think that's. I, don't, I hope it's a little bit unfair on Nunez. You got to remember that Jesus has been in the Prem for what three or four years now, maybe five years. Um, so obviously Arsenal bought the the finished, um, the finished player who's had experience in the Prem. So I'm ho- obviously hoping Nunez is still going to come good, but yeah, the point that I want to make.
2: A bit more from him on the pitch. Oh, but.
0: absolutely, absolutely. He he. Cushioned that over the keeper on Saturday any player worth his salt would have cushioned that over it was bouncing, it was on his left foot his favoured foot, you're running onto it, it explain to me why he didn't just lob the keeper into the goal, only he will know and it, it's cost us the game and that's that, think, that was I even worse well, than the Martinelli said, type but... shot early in the second half
1: I think that you said as well Scotty, Um you said, well, in the Champions League you felt you would have come back to win that game, which I think it's true. I think the Anfield crowd, I'm sort of sensing now that they've sort of lost confidence in you coming back into the lead, lead in games and, and taking games by the scruff of the neck. And I think that's transmitting to the team on the it pitch is. as well. Normally the the team and the crowd and the team at Anfield are just so in sync, like they sort of sing together, do you know what I mean? It's like an orchestra, the crowd get the fact the players going, the players respond to that, and you sort of see that energy and that lift in the performances. But to me, when I looked at the Liverpool game at the weekend and Salah equalised in that game, and I didn't watch the first half, but from when I've watched it again afterwards... He didn't. it was like Salah scored and there was like a relief from the crowd and it wasn't like go and get the second, go and get the third, go and hurt and go for the jugular, it was like, know, it was like a relief that you'd equalise, but it was like, it I don't think Leeds felt intimidated by that, because normally you think, oh no, here comes the onslaught, Liverpool are just going to go and batter us, but Leeds just felt confident in the game still, like right, okay, we reset and we go again, And not at any point did I think Liverpool were going to go on and kick on and go on battle leads. It was an open game all the way through. And that's what it is. You you just lack so much control in the games now. Um, And and I think the crowd, I'm not saying the crowd are are doing a bad thing. The, the, The anxiety is normal, do you know what I mean, from the way that the players are performing. And it takes two to tango. So I think... There's got to be a big push from the crowd and, and, and a big push from the players to, to get it going again. I don't know how Klopp's going to turn this round, to be honest. I'm, I'm intrigued to hear what you think he's going to do going forward. Well, look,
0: the, the Anfield crowd are well known for being very knowledgeable of football. They're, they're not fools, okay? They'll yeah. back every player to the hilt. But I said on a couple of we keep saying that a couple of streams ago, every time Trent Arnold misplaces a pass now, there's like moans and groans from the crowd. And, and that, that's not on. They they should be backing every player, but that's because they've lost their confidence. We haven't got that that belief that we're gonna pattern teams up, win convincingly, score three or four like we have done in the last five years. So yeah, it, it emanates down to the pitch for sure. That yeah. you know we're in trouble. Like you say, we at no point did did it feel like we were gonna blast these. Um, but the the point I want to make is right. I'm gonna read out to use. This is a bit of a raffa rant, okay? Oh, here we go. You got fact. a little bit of paper
2: and pen. You got no, the no facts out. Come on. Okay, right. Get the reason. Headset. Get your headset on. I'll get all these Pepper Pig ones on yeah? <laughs> and I'll do the Kevin Keegan. I would love it. This I is would the reason. I love it. I would love it. <laughs>
0: this is the reason why I've wore this uh, 0708 top. Okay.
2: I was gonna say, it's didn't Vladimir need wear that? Yeah, right. I noticed that.
0: The Champions League final, two thousand eighteen. So this is the season seventeen eighteen, yeah. So was f- this
1: the was this the Carrius one? Yeah,
2: five years ago. Okay, is this where you got beat by Real Madrid? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Is that one of the five finals the club lost in a row? <laughs> yeah, just I'm just trying to get context. So.
0: <laughs> I'm losing my train of thought now. Right, forget Carrius. He wasn't the proper. But we in that two thousand eighteen, we bought Allison. Yeah. So we had yeah. Allison in goals, we had Trent at right back, Dejan Lovren centre back with Van Dyke, Robertson at left back, yeah? Midfield, yeah. we had Fabinho, Ginny Wanyowdom and Henderson. Up yeah. front, we had Mane, Firmino and Salah. Yeah. That's the same team now, apart from Lovren, Ginny Wanyawdam, and Sadio Mane. That's three players, yeah? yeah? So that's eight players now were in the team five okay. years ago. It's gone stale, it's decayed, the owners have not given license to freshen up the squad. Now you think of Man City's team, okay? And I've written it down. As you know, we do um, do our research before coming on the poddy, right? They've got Edison, Kyle Walker, Laporte, Diaz, Cancelo, De Bruyne, Gundogan, Rodri, Grealish, Haaland, Foden. Yeah? Yeah. There's only Walker, De Bruyne and Gundogan from 2018. So that's three players. They've got eight, eight fresh players in the last two or three years. If you look at Man United, De Gea. So this is now today. De Gea, Dalo, Varane, Martinez, Malasia, Ericsson, Casemiro, Sancho, Bruno, Anthony, Rashford up top. That's nine fresh new players in the last couple of years. Only De Gea and Rashford. Yeah? Yeah. So every team that you think of, Arsenal are flying now. I haven't written down Arsenal, but I can. I know the Arsenal team. Member of Bantiger for a couple of years now. I don't even know the Arsenal team. Now the I Rams- do, obviously. So they've got yeah. uh, the keeper. What's his name again? Ramsdale. Ramsdale. Uh, Tommy Asu, Gabriel, Saliba, either Zinchenko or Tierney. Yeah? Five fresh in the last two or three years.
1: Used to be Leno, Holding, Chambers. Uzi. I couldn't even name it, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> in midfield, you've got Partey and Odegaard and Xhaka. Yeah. Up top, you've got Saka, Jesus and Martinelli. Who there is from 2018? Only yeah, Xhaka. Yeah. Okay. So this is firmly on the owners or if Klopp still thinks that these players can give him a tune five years later, then more fool him. But I don't believe that. This is on the owners. He couldn't get anything for uh, Cater because he's always injured. He couldn't get anything for Oxlade-Chamberlain. He's always injured. He's not going to get nothing from Milner. He was 34, 35, 36. Um, Up top, he let the front three... Age altogether until the early 30s. Mane's left. Now he's still got Firmino. He's still got Salah in their 30s. You've got Matipa in his 30s. Van Dijk in his 30s. you got Robertson and Trent, who are still youngish, fresh. And then you got Alisson. Why? Why have we got a team full of people that are still there five years ago? These people are not, without freshening up that 22-man squad... Mm. To, to rotate and bring the freshness, bring a bit, bit of variety, they're not going to be winning your leagues. And right now we're asking players like Carvalho and Elliot to win his leagues. They're 19 years old. Yeah. It's just not going to happen. We have decayed, and it's negligent from the owners, we've decayed and let it happen now for over it's,
2: five years. I, I totally
1: so you, agree. Actually you agree.
2: You think, Scott, the £700 million that the owners have given Klopp um, has made it negligent. Do you think that money then from Klopp has not been spent correctly? Because in a lot of that, you've spoken about Klopp at the same time saying he has let he hasn't spent seven hundred million. He's spent $700 million he spent seven hundred million. He has
0: Yeah, but he's brought in six hundred million. Do you but know that doesn't you?
2: matter. We're not talking about the net spend cup that you try and win every year. We're talking about players that he's brought into the club. He spent seven hundred million on Give players. Give me Raheem
0: Sterling on the left wing. Give me Coutinho in the middle.
2: But then, then you're talking about the manager. So you, you've named some players there that the manager brought in. The manager spent 40 million on Oxalade Chamberlain of no. the owner's money. No. He spent 40 million of the owner's money on Cater. So there's two of Klopp's signings, 80 million pounds. They've given the money. I and they would, have to compliment the owner. More more yeah, but
0: that's, that's, not, that's, that's not net spend. He sold you've a just, Dominic Solanke and brought in a Luis Diaz. Yeah, but you've I just, mean, that's
2: good you've, business. You've just spent 70 million pounds on Nunes.
0: Look at the last four well, sign-ins, right? We mentioned you, it in a stream, right? Back. Luis Diaz, injured. Jota, injured. Nunes, he's been injured. Canate, injured. Thiago, always injured. All these players, the, the freshness that we've tried to bring in just hasn't worked.
1: So They're, probably, they're always the
0: injured. Does that
1: fall on the manager? Well, I don't know. That's what, what I, that's what I mean. That's what yeah, I mean. Yeah, I think, I think as fans, we'll never know. United have had similar debates in terms of the owners and the recruitment strategy. And it's a difficult one from a fan's perspective because you never know the actual truth. I think, Scott, a lot of what you're saying is right in terms of freshening up the squad and things like that. Um, you could say there is a counter-argument that you've actually bought players. And like you said, a lot of them either have been injured or not come in. Like, for example, Konate, I think is actually a good player. Probably just hasn't been fit for long enough. Um, but I think it's, the reason it's difficult is because those players that you mentioned that from that the two thousand and seventeen team and stuff they've been so good for such a long time I think there was there was a debate as to whether you needed to add as many players as you probably think you need to add now and the, and also, if you look at the ages of those players and how they've all got to a similar age all at once, I don't think you can necessarily blame the ownership for that but it might also not be Crock's fault as well so it's like having a director of football or or a technical director or just somebody who looks at the management of the squad the ages the balance somebody who's running how the academy works because for example curtis jones he was getting called curtis in the esther a couple of years ago he might have been that midfielder that the club envisaged being that top man in a couple of years, who was going to replace like a Milner or a Genie Wijnaldum, that hasn't worked out for some reason or another. We don't know these facts, but um, again, like I said, I think gem- from a general overview, I think Liverpool probably do need to start spending a little bit more money than what they're doing to compete. Um, but that's not to say like in the counter argument, oh. Look at Arsenal. They're spending 150 million. Arsenal have been not spending money for a good 10 years in a row. You know what I mean? Not competing, not being anywhere near the big trophies. So it's like Arsenal are sort of playing catch up. When people are saying Arsenal are now spending big money, they're sort of playing catch up. I think Man United, Chelsea, and Man City are in quite a unique position. They probably spend 150 million to 200 million every year. I think everybody else just under that. Liverpool, Spurs, Arsenal even Newcastle now, I think they're more or less in the same bracket. But I wouldn't, although I think Liverpool do need more investment, I certainly wouldn't put them in the bracket where they're like deprived of money. Like they're not, they're not, not spending money at all. I think the net spend balance can be quite false because you get a lot of money for players that just aren't even that good. Like Solanke, Jordan Ive, how much did you get for Jordan Ibe? Like 30 million to Bournemouth or whatever. Like, how did you get that money for them? I don't know what you're doing from a business perspective. But it's yeah, very yeah that's,
0: obviously that's good good for us and good for the, the transfer committee when we're getting
1: these. And you can't have it both ways. You can't say, oh, from, from a net spend perspective, it's Crocs a genius. Look what he's able to do spending five million. And then when it goes, tips up, it's like we've only spent five million. Do you know what I mean? Which one is yeah, it?
0: Yeah, of course. look, No fan yeah. was happy when we only signed Canate last year. No fan. Net spend again of I don't think we were even in credit because we sold Rian Brewster, um, mm. but this season this is the one we've spent eight million net this summer letting Minamino Mane, um, a really left on a free Nico Williams got eighteen million.
2: For me, can you happened- two
0: can you two honestly say that Liverpool's net spend of something like twelve million in the last two summers? Is nothing to do with what's gone on right
2: now. I think you've just got to forget net spend. It's like, no, it, but it's not. Neil, you come on. Coutinho, you sell Coutinho for 130 million. Nah, that was five years that,
0: ago. Forget that exactly.
2: One. And that's when you got lucky and you managed to bring a couple of players. Yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. So that's and good. So
0: we've had five good years. But what I'm saying is now they've stopped spending five million net spend, trimmed down the squad, the spend, and added
2: you, one. You spent another hundred million this summer. Again,
1: we haven't. not five million net spend. We brought, in,
0: we brought in one player and chopped five players. That's the this squad.
1: I, I, the squad as a whole I, I, is in a worse position. Stop you two arguing. I'm going to stop you two arguing. I've said it for a couple of years now. Years and Clark with that squad, even when it was performing at its max, was performing miracles with it. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I've always said that it was. The midfield had no world beaters in it. Absolutely. Before you signed Thiago, it had no one in it that intimidated anything. But what he, in terms of that well-oiled machine that he could get out of them players, he absolutely bled them players like old radiators and it's caught up with you. That, that's literally all I can say now, because you will perform. You did unbelievable to get as close to City as you did. You won one title. But like I said, he's been going full tilt for about three to four years missing out on the title by a point on two occasions, getting to Champions League finals, he won one of those. He's absolutely bled this squad like an old radiator. And now it's all just gone crash-bang-wallop all in one go. And I think, like, there is a mixture of things that have contributed to that. Like you said, a bit with the net spend being so low, a bit with Klopp sort of the decisions he's made, the players being out of form, it just all seems to be going wrong all at one time.
2: I think there was a little bit of arrogance from Liverpool, if I'm being honest with you. They looked at their team, they'd done that well and it's like Travard said earlier, I always say, you're not as far ahead as you think you are and you're not as far behind as you are and I think Liverpool thought they were further ahead than they were because if you think in the yeah, summer... Yeah, they, I agree. The owners thought we were further ahead than
0: we are. I think
2: Klopp as well, some of the stuff that he was no. coming out with in the media that he didn't need to add too much um and i think you've got i think most fans I, I i believe could see it coming i certainly could i know i said it last year and scott thought i was a bit tongue-in-cheek but so many players at the same time were coming to a certain level and then you probably lost you know Marnate had a massive impact at the same time um and i just think the great managers you know wenger when he was you know in his prime alex ferguson got rid of players when mm-hmm. They were at that peak still, but nearly going over the hill, like Vieira when we got rid of him. And you almost need to be in a position of fans are questioning a sign-in leaving David Beckham when he went. That I can't believe they've let him go, but you're just getting that value for money for them, but also moving them on from the club just at the right time. Yes, you might get another year out of them, but actually that's it's a real art for the top, top managers to let people go just at the right time and bring somebody in just at the right time in order to develop and then maybe Harvey Elliott and your Curtis Iniestas can come in in amongst that, but because you've just waited too long, yeah. it's all come at once, and that's the problem. Um, yeah. no, I, I do. I agree. About. I agree yeah. in
0: part with what you're saying. Like I say, and we're only going to know when we're doing a, another poddy in three and a half years if Klopp leaves at the end of his contract and publishes an autobiography or comes clean yeah, about like what really memoir. went on. His memoirs. But, like I posted in the group this morning, okay, is it really a surprise that the centre of the pitch is such a problem when Thiago is the only senior midfielder Liverpool have signed since they bought Nabi Cater in 2018? Yeah, that it's been is been ridiculous. Long. It's stupid. But we well, could go on, we can awesome. go on for a long it's time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cracks, cracks me. And you know my feelings for Klopp. I'd gladly put all them players in the bin and let Jurgen Klopp start again. That's it's not that... an easy fix. Is it? no, the it's, not, it's, not, it's not, not, not an easy fix
1: is for a couple of reasons because it's sort of caught between a rock and a hard place because you're not sort of spending the money that you probably think is required to get you back on track. Not case. even back on track, to, to maintain yeah. that. That yeah, position at the top, Trav. Well, that's what we haven't done. Lots of, well, sp- spending lots of money doesn't guarantee success. Oh, yeah, I of know. course not. Of course but not. I'm a United fan. We've spent so much money in the last 10 years, and we've got nowhere near a big trophy. Of it- course, of course. But like you say, if we had spent the money, Klopp's head
0: would probably be on the line right now, wouldn't it? But it's mm. not because we haven't. Well, you think it's not. I actually it's think not. it might no, be. think no, it it's not. He'd, he'd walk. That's the only danger here, is that he walks. That's lack, what I mean, for, for what I, mean. I don't think he's Oh no, That's what I mean, yeah, he's, his head is not on the block in terms of getting sacked.
1: Never. No, either. not in terms of being sacked, but I just think, he. I don't know, we'll have to see, but I think he might just, at the end of the season or season afterwards, I think he might just, like you said, as he taken this particular project as far as he can go. Yeah, and he's not, not, he's not a manager that's going to be short of offers as well, especially oh, being... Oh, German as well with the national side. and You don't know what his ambitions are. He's been at Liverpool a long time, do you know what I mean? In the context of modern management, I think now, like you said, it will be his 10th season, next season. You uh, can
2: feel the pressure on him. You know, yeah, the, uh, we were having a conversation, the laughing and the joking and the tongue-in-cheek in the press conferences. Yeah, and all it's, all the gone, and,
1: it's all gone, isn't
2: it? All, um, all easy breezy and a, a little bit of banter, but it reminds me of Kevin Keegan in that one season where that's what he was like for the, and I remember watching a, an interview um, where they said that's all we wanted from him after that Christmas, where it was just come in, rip up the team sheet, throw it away, have a laugh and a joke, go out and play. But he became under pressure. You know, he had the famous rant and that's almost, obviously not to that level, but what you're getting from Klopp, he's losing his head in press conferences. People just ask him a general question. Do you feel the intensity is not there. Just a straight up question, and he will lose his mind. He's tearing out old pros, Didi Haman, and he's that can't he's be in the hour, that yeah,
1: can't
2: I mean, be a good influence on the players when
0: they're under pressure. Yeah, absolutely. I, I definitely agree with that. And I said again in a couple of streams ago, this isn't the Jurgen Klopp that joined the club. Seven so where do we go ago. from here, Scotty? Where so yeah, Liverpool so Trav, Trav uh, started the Liverpool segment on saying. What's, what's Klopp going to do to fix this? I put in my Liverpool group chat today, not that we were in for him, Jude Bellingham, because we weren't, we're not. Listen, he's not getting to a stage of his career where he's the hottest property on the planet and every team is courting him. He's not coming to Liverpool for 120 grand a week. He's just not, he's he's already at that level of going to Real Madrid, 400 grand a week. So, But even if he, we were in for him, it makes no sense to go from now. We need 200 million, and that's 450 million centimids now. I'm talking like Casado from Brighton, that kind of baller, 22, 23. The, the next player that's looking to go from 40 grand a week to 120 grand a week, the next, you know, like you say, unearth the next diamond, polish him like he did with Salah and Robertson and all, the all these kind of things. 50, we, yeah, we need numbers now because Cater um, is in the last year of his deal. He's leaving for free. oxy chamberlain we won't give him a new deal. Firmino might leave. It'd be madness if Milner didn't leave. So that's four high Fabinho? salaries. Nah, Firmino, he's just turned 29. He's still got about three years left on his deal. He just needs to come back in that form, if he can. Um, but yeah, that, you know, rulers out of players like Bellingham and Declan Rice, we are just are not in a position to go for a 100, 120 million pound player that would come in and complement an already successful Mm -hmm. squad. We need major surgery in that centre mid now and that is where Jurgen Klopp has got to be focusing and earning his crust. And it won't happen in January. I'd be flabbergasted if we spend money in January. Right, lads, I've got to get into the comments. There's loads. Uh, Football Ferreira, Scott, you the goat, (laughs) Cheers, <laughs> mate. I'm not sure Trav and Neil will agree with that after my raffa random <laughs> facts. Uh, Forrest and Leeds been so so poor this season, and both got and both got and beat Liverpool. Surely this is the season everyone is happy to play Liverpool. Absolutely, they're queuing up to players at the minute, and it's it's painful for us. One chance in a lifetime to beat Liverpool at Anfield. Absolutely, Mane gap is getting Anfield a nice place to go. And have a nice breakfast of Van Dyke. Five years. First defender Anfield in the league. Every record will be broken this season. Yeah, I think you're right. The yeah. the bad records. Even the atmosphere at Anfield's been so weird this season. Yeah, one of the most scary and hard places to go and play. Absolutely. This is Who's like uh
1: whose comment was that?
0: Uh football for Error, Jose. Right. It's like when we had all them injuries at centre back two years ago, nineteen twenty was it, or twenty twenty one. It's like that, they're queuing up. Uh, rebuild the squad was needed big time Liverpool Liverpool fans knew this was coming yeah I said it I know these boys will banter me saying that I'm excited and that which I was it's the start of the season but yeah you know you boys know I wasn't a fan of bringing Thiago in uh, at 29 years old I I didn't think he was the right profile for us it was a bit self-indulgent thinking we've just won the league we're going to bring in a marquee signing it was wrong to then Pack the midfield with Henderson and Tiago both early 30s. It's it's all coming home to roost. Uh, Evan's on. Hi, hi Evan. How you doing? Uh, and my daughter's on. Yes, Evan. Evan, stop arguing. <laughs> We're not arguing, Evan. We are <laughs> debating. This is first class punditry. I don't pay these two to agree with me. I pay them to give <laughs> top class punditry. Yes, brother, big up. <laughs> Pixie's a girl, by the way, Jose. (laughs) Pixie, hi, dad. Hi, baby. okay? Football Ferreira is your dad. No. (laughs) (laughs) I have three already. I'm good. These guys are the best YouTubers, right? They are very good. Nickel and Evan, (laughs) the best. Yes, bro. Firmino is is very amazing. Not anymore, baby. He's a bit old. Uh, Scott. You, the host, can't keep up with all the comments. You're right, mate. I'm so sorry. We've neglected the comments while we got into a deep discussion on Jurgen Klopp. Uh, Nicol, help your dad, please. <laughs> Do you think Ronaldo and Messi will retire in one to two years? Pixie, good oh, question. Trav, I'll leave that one to you. Ronaldo, is he close to retiring? Uh, would he maybe consider semi-retirement in the MLS? Where, Literally, where does he go after this? Is Portugal his homeland, motherland? Is that an
1: option? I can see... I can't see Ronaldo retiring just yet. No, I think he's still probably got another one to two years. I don't think he will be at Man United next season at all. Um, I know his wife wanted to move away from Manchester. She wanted to move away last year. Um, For some reason or another, he stayed at United, whether the club didn't want to let him go or he didn't want to go himself or... I don't know I don't know the dynamic of that, but what I,
2: contract is on I thought they only offered him a two they?
1: year He signed a two year, so this is his last year. But they've uh, got
0: they've got an option to activate the third year, haven't they? Which they wouldn't do because no, half a million pounds a week. Uh, that's just six million facing. a year so.
2: He couldn't
1: he couldn't get a move last year and he's not played much football, so he could he could retire, but I don't think he'll want his legacy to end at United like in this fashion at all. I can't see. It. I think he's probably Do you got. I think a...
2: he's regretting that decision to go back.
1: Yeah, I think so. Do you think he's thinking what could have been at Man City? Um, I think I think he wanted to go to Manchester City, and I think Manchester City wanted him, but I think there just would have been so much fan backlash and. I don't think he's getting now anyway. Yeah. But I, I don't think I don't think the club, I don't think United would have allowed it. They would that's why they chucked half a million at him and said, You can't go city, mate. Do you know what I mean? You literally can't go. Well it's city. Sir Alex
0: Ferguson that swung it really, isn't it?
1: Yeah. So it was never gonna happen. But like you said, I think he like if he if he if he asked him deep down, I think he does regret it. So the answer to the question is I don't think he will retire. I think he'll end up somewhere. I don't know where, maybe Portugal. I can't see him in the US to be honest. I don't think it exercises his ego enough. I think he wants to be a little bit of a higher profile than that. I think Um, he wants
0: to be scoring Champions League goals when he's 40, like Ibrahimovic.
1: Do you? Yeah. Yeah, something along those lines. I don't know where... Bayern, if they're looking for a striker and they can muster up the funds and he takes a wage cut, I could see that for a year, to be honest. I do think he'd score a truckload of goals in the German league still, and I still think he would score Champions League goals for Bayern Munich. I think that move would work to whether they want to upset the dynamic of what they're doing. um, But I I could see that for a year. Messi... um, I, again, I think Messi could actually retire. I think it all hinges on the World Cup. I think if he goes to the World Cup and wins it, I think he'd end on that. I don't think really? he going need to more. Uh, well, what else? is uh, He's ripping it up now in France this year. He had a bit of a an indifferent first year at Paris Saint-Germain, but he's really come to the fore now. He's really starting to tick there, along with Neymar and Mbappe together. I just don't see... If he wins the World Cup, he's literally achieved everything that he could possibly do in world football. I think it would be the perfect way for him to end in terms of the romance. I think that's the story everybody in world football would want to see. I think it would be a beautiful way to end. So, um, yeah, I think... Did he finish
2: his career at Liverpool and try and win the Nets Ben Cup? (laughs) (laughs)
1: i think you're leaving that one out you had to get one
0: one last one in there didn't you right let's quickly jump in the um comments and then we're gonna end it there i think lads it's been a a real good um it's been a real good therapy session for me um i got my thoughts across and you just told me i'm talking waffle so uh (laughs) it's been really really good uh Let's see, the, Cristiano Mentale, he will never retire. Yeah, I think you're right. As we just said, Jose, he's, he's got too big an ego. He could be playing when he's 43, 44. He maybe wants to outdo Ibrahimović. Uh, Pixie Big Up, keep supporting your dad as a great YouTuber. Thank you, Jose. It's not just me, it's my two lads, Travis and Neil as well, and James OB when he's when he's here. Yes, he's class. Thank you, baby. <laughs> mm-hmm. He is a great YouTuber. One day me and your dad and the other king and magic, we will become the biggest on YouTube. You're right <laughs> there, mate. You're right there. We're going to set up a, a stream soon, Jose. Maybe a a World Cup one would be good, Jose. Who does
1: Jose
0: support? Uh, he supports Barcelona and he's Portuguese. Do you support That's Portugal, fun. I presume, Jose? Obviously, Portugal and not Spain. What team do you support? Football, Ferreira, Barcelona... When do you reckon when Man United will next win the league, Scott? I'll leave that on to Travis while I'm reading these. Trav, when are you next planning on winning the league realistically?
1: Um, If we have another window, like we did this summer, next summer, with another four and a couple going out, I think we can challenge next year well, the, the, the season after X, but I think the ten Hag's third year, similar to Arteta, is when I think we can do a re- very realistic strong title challenge. So I think two years from now, you're looking at that's the start of 20, like 24, 25 season, I think. So I think in that season, a couple of years from now, I think we'll be in a position to really go for it
0: the thing is as we've um, said before it's not just about what you do or Arsenal do or Liverpool it's also hoping that Man City have a drop off Pep leaves Mm. um, and you know that can open the door to anyone really because we know how important a manager is Um, Pixie said 4-0 corner taken quickly (laughs) Origi Football Ferreira said don't remind me what a nightmare (laughs) Pixie you are my little star my football (laughs) star I prefer not to speak if I am in big trouble. (laughs) Jose, right. Listen, Jose, thanks for watching the whole near two hours. You are my campaign manager and my mentor on YouTube. Really appreciate it, brother. Neil, Travis, happy Halloween. And thanks for joining us on this Monday night. We'll try to get together. Neil, you like a Thursday night. Is that a particularly good night for you? Should we do a weekend preview?
2: On Thursday. Um, yeah, but you've got to remember Arsenal got FC Zurich on Thursday and United I got Real Sociedad in the big European games.
0: Maybe I'll change my BT password so you have to come on here, yeah?
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, sure I, I'm sure I can get it on one I of my. Do, I can
1: do a Thursday or whenever. A Thursday. Yeah,
2: happy Halloween, everybody right. in the chat. Obviously, could little do a little Friday. The
1: biggest... If everyone's free Friday night, we could probably do one on a Friday night preview because the games are on Sunday anyway, so or we can do a Saturday morning, whatever works best for everyone else. But I'm, I'm free, so just let me know.
0: I think a Thursday would work better, because then people have got time to watch it Friday. When me and you done a Saturday morning, Trav, it didn't get many views at all. And I all think right. that's because everyone was busy Saturday, then Sunday, and it kind of got lost Thursday, in the, Thursday, in the nether regions of the World Wide Web. Thursday, um, football Ferreira, great show, and yes, we should do a few for the World Cup together anytime. Okay. You guys, any gap time you guys feel like to have me, definitely Jose. We're gonna we're gonna get it on. Really enjoy it and keep the good work, boys. Yeah, thanks, Jose. Right, thanks everyone for tuning in. It's been brilliant. We've got through a lot tonight. Arsenal are magic. Man United are making real progress and Liverpool are in the mud, dead, finished, decayed.
2: It's Halloween and Liverpool gave us the biggest fright of the weekend.
0: <laughs> but not the biggest shock, weirdly yeah. enough. No one's shocked anymore when Liverpool gets no. smashed. And it's a shame. Right, lads, let's knock off there. Thank you so much. And everyone, don't forget to like and subscribe. And um, we'll see you in the next one. Neil Trav, stay on the line. I end the stream, but you two keep logging off. Don't stay there so we can have a debrief. Right, cheers, guys. Speak soon. Thank you.